0: This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we are continuing on the topic of self-mastery. We are going through the foundational principles of self-mastery, as well as the second six aspects of self-mastery. If you have not yet listened to last week's episode, which was entitled, What is self-mastery? Then I recommend you go listen to that now because this episode will build off of that one. As usual, I would love to know where in the world and what you are doing as you listen to this episode. So take a quick picture and tag me on Instagram at Victoria Sardane so I can see where you are and what you're doing as you listen to this. I really hope that you enjoy. Welcome to the Victoria Sardane podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? hey guys this week we are continuing on the topic of self-mastery we are getting started with the foundational principles of self-mastery and there are three so we're going to be going through each of them one by one But as I said in the intro, if you have not yet listened to the previous episode, which was what is self-mastery, I recommend you go listen to that first because what we'll be doing after going through the foundational principles is going through aspects 7 to 12 of self-mastery, which we'll be building off of aspects 1 to 6, which we went through last week. So let's get straight started with the foundational principles. One of the foundational principles of self-mastery is that we all have the innate power within us to be exactly who we want to be. And that is something that I believe wholly and truly, and in the deepest parts of my being, is that we all have the innate power within us to be exactly who we want to be. This is something that I go through with all of my clients when we start working together. I ask them to visualize a future where they have blossomed into the best version of themselves and what that looks like. And what's crazy is that once we have that vision, once we have that clarity, we realize all we need to do is to work with ourselves to tweak things, to make small changes, and put things into place in order to get there. Because we all have the innate power within us to be exactly who we want to be. We can be the kind of person that we look up to the most we can be the kind of person that we admire we can be the kind of person that reacts to a situation exactly how we hope that our highest self would so that is one of the foundational principles and why is this a foundational principle of self-mastery well it's because it's really what self-mastery is all about self-mastery is about knowing yourself so well that you're able to you yourself make the changes That will allow you to be the kind of person that you want to be and I also go through this at the end of my coaching journey with my clients when we look at everything they have overcome everything they have gone through all the changes that they've made and I remind them this is you this is you that made all these changes you are the one that took one step forward in front of the other that decided that something needed to change that decided to put in the time and the effort and you are the one who brought yourself to this new chapter in your life. So that's what I mean by we all have the innate power within us to be exactly who we want to be. And within self-mastery, we talk a lot about identity, which we'll touch on in a minute. And that's something that is very much related to identity. Sometimes we think, I would love to be the kind of person that does this, but unfortunately, I'm just not that kind of person, or that's just not who I am, or that's not how I usually react in certain situations. And it's realizing that we have the innate power within us to decide, you know what? From now on, I am going to be that person. I am gonna react that way all I need to do is perhaps change my behaviors change my mentality and take that step forward and then I can be exactly that kind of person so that is the first foundational principle the second one is the better we know ourselves profoundly and intimately the better we can work with ourselves and not against ourselves so I touched on this in last week's episode about how working against ourselves never really gets us anywhere It's like you can imagine two opposing forces pushing against each other. In the end, they just stand still. It's just stagnant. And that's what happens when we work against ourselves. However, on the other hand, if we work with ourselves, then that's where we can create changes. And the way that we can get there is to know ourselves and to know ourselves in such a profound and intimate way that we understand why we react to certain situations the way we do. We understand why we sometimes act against what we quote unquote want or why we self-sabotage or why we don't or do act in a certain way when we know ourselves so profoundly and we can say, okay, I know I'm doing this because this person shed some light on a certain insecurity or this person said something that touched me in a certain way and therefore I reacted this way. The more we get to know ourselves, the better we can work with ourselves. We can understand our reactions and it's only once we have that true understanding that we can make true changes. So that is the second foundational principle. The third is that we all have the answers we need deep within us. The only thing is that we've often lost how to find them. So that is a key to self-mastery because the truth is, if we think that we're waiting for others to give us the answers, to tell us what to do, to tell us how to live, to tell us what we should value or how we should react, then in the end we're nothing but a victim to another person's thoughts or impressions or another person's view of the world. But in reality, we have all the answers within us. But as related to the second point, it's only once we know ourselves really well that we can be in a position to dig deep and find those answers within us. So this is something I also go through with my coaching clients. I tell them, look, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to tell you that from tomorrow onwards, you're gonna be waking up at 5 a.m., you're gonna be following this routine, you're gonna be doing this, that, the other. Instead, what I'm here to do and what self-mastery is all about is learning what questions you need to be asking yourself in order to find those answers. So it's more about how to find the answers that are already within you, rather than seeking the answers from an external source, an external being, somebody else. So those are the three foundational principles of self-mastery. And I hope that this has made this whole concept of self-mastery even clearer, because these are really the three pillars that form this whole concept. And what we're going to be doing now is going through aspects 7 to 12. So last week, we went through aspects 1 to 6 of self-mastery. I'll go over them very quickly. So last week, we talked about mastering your day, mastering your habits, mastering your time, mastering your values, mastering your intentions, and mastering your mission. Now touching on the second six aspects of self-mastery, the first one, number seven, is mastering your identity. So why is it so important to master identity? Well, identities are something that we latch onto and we latch onto so strongly. And what's so interesting about identities is that in a way we don't really realize that we latch onto them because it feels like they are us. They are part of us. And we struggle to separate the self from the identity we have put on the self. And that's why we latch onto them so strongly. So I have a full podcast episode all about identity. So if you haven't listened to it yet, I really recommend you listen to it. And this is something that we work on a lot when it comes to self mastery. And one of the key learnings there is that you are allowed to change your identity. You are allowed. Not only are you allowed, you have the internal power, as we mentioned in that first guiding principle, you have the internal power to change that identity. Recently, when I was in Mexico, I met somebody who was traveling and he was saying how he loved traveling by himself because he felt like all of a sudden he had the permission to change his identity. Back home where he was from, he was seen as the person who was generally very shy, who wasn't very outgoing. However, when traveling by himself, he didn't really have the choice but to stand up and to start talking to people he didn't know And all of a sudden it came to him that he could be that person. If he wanted to, he could decide from now on that he was the person who walks up to a stranger in the street and asks them for directions or asks them for advice on something to visit or what to do or what to see. He could be the one who talks to the stranger next to them in a restaurant. And he could decide that that was his new identity. And that realization to him was so incredibly freeing. And that is really a huge concept of self-mastery. It's being able to detach yourself from the identities that you have and give yourself the permission to change. Say, if I want to be the kind of person that is always on time, then all I have to do is decide that from now on, I am no longer the person who's always late. I am the person that is on time. And we can change our identities if we give ourselves the permission and we cultivate that internal strength. So that is number seven. It is mastering your identity. Number eight is mastering your emotions. So some of the biggest mistakes we make when it comes to emotions is sweeping emotions under the rug. We always think that if we change our thoughts, if we go do something else, if we distract ourselves, if we ignore the emotions that are coming up and just brush it off as I'm overreacting, then they'll simply disappear. And the truth is that emotions do not go anywhere. If they come up, there is a reason that they came up. And by simply sweeping them under the rug, they're only going to grow over time. And sometimes we don't realize that the reason we've lashed out in a certain moment or overreact in a certain situation is because we have previously swept so many emotions under the rug that they simply build up and build up without us realizing it. And I would go as far as saying that not only can sweeping emotions under the rug be extremely dangerous, but it's actually a hugely lost opportunity. So every emotion holds information and it holds wisdom it holds a nugget of insight into self-mastery and we need to read into this insight to take it from a place of curiosity in order to get to know ourselves better and to say okay i just got really angry when that person made a really small comment why is that what came to mind what did that trigger within me and what does that mean about myself And once we start looking at things from that point of view, we no longer get frustrated with ourselves for reacting in a certain way. So we start moving away from this position of working against ourselves and instead move into a place where we're working with ourselves because we think, actually, that's so interesting. That comment just made me really sad or made me really uncomfortable. Why is that? Let's dig deep and let's learn something from it. So that is number eight. It is mastering your emotions. I also have a podcast episode specifically on that. So if you want to go have a listen, you can. Number nine is mastering your relationships. So one of the biggest mistakes when it comes to relationships in general is that we tend to put the responsibility of anything that happens in a relationship on the other person. And the reason that is is because somebody else will say something, will make a comment, And what we notice is that that comment may have sparked a reaction within us. However, we always turn to face the person who made the comment or the comment itself as the reason why the emotion is sparked within us. And what I suggest to do instead is understanding that others simply mirror things within ourselves. So I'll give you a quick example of a client of mine Where we were talking a lot about how she found that her father put a lot of pressure on her. So he put a lot of pressure in terms of work and constantly promoting and relaying this idea that we need to be working all the time, that we need to be hustling, we need to be focusing, and she would always notice his comments and feel it as external pressure on her. And at the beginning, when we started working together, she was saying things like, my father pressures me to be constantly working. He makes me feel like I'm not working hard enough. And because of those comments, I feel a certain way. Therefore, it is the person who's making the comment who is quote unquote at fault, correct? What we did when we worked on her own self-mastery journey is understand that actually, if he's making a comment, That is his right to say exactly what he wants to say. However, if it is sparking an emotion within her, if she is feeling defensive, if she is feeling guilty, if she is feeling uncomfortable because of the comments that are being made, then that is actually mirroring an insecurity within her. So that's what we started to look at. We started to shift those perceptions and understand that his comments are simply the expression of his personal values And it is for her to understand that actually, if she chooses that she has different values in life, then that's fine. And he can make the comments that he wants. However, it is for her to interpret them as she wants. And that is in her internal power, her internal responsibility to choose how she wants to internalize those. So that is number nine. It is all about mastering your relationships. Number 10 is mastering your beliefs. What is so fascinating about beliefs is that we see them as true. It's similar to identities in the sense that we really associate identities with ourselves. Similarly, we associate beliefs with truths because when they are such a strong belief internally, we actually don't see the difference between a belief and a truth. So one way we can start to move away from these is get in the habit of questioning those beliefs. An exercise, which is quite interesting for this, is getting in the habit of questioning the expectations you have in others. So whenever you find yourself disappointed because maybe you expected somebody else to react a certain way in a situation and they didn't, then that's an opportunity for you to question a belief. Because if you expected somebody to react in a certain way and they didn't, then it suggests that that person probably has a different set of beliefs than you. So An example would be that perhaps a friend does not call you on your birthday and instead they just send you a small text message saying happy birthday, have a lovely day, and it's a very close friend of yours and that's disappointing because you would expect them to give you a call, maybe to send you a card, maybe to do quote unquote a little bit more. That is an opportunity for you to examine what are your beliefs there because perhaps you find yourself disappointed in that situation And because you're disappointed you see the other person as the person to blame right they didn't show enough care they didn't show enough affection they didn't do enough and therefore that means that they don't actually care as much that's an opportunity to examine those beliefs and ask yourself do i need to receive a phone call or a present in the mail in order to be shown love is that something that i associate with care with love with friendship If the other person does not do that, does it mean that they don't care about me? Because perhaps on the other person's side, it's completely unrelated. Whether they give you a call or send you a present or send you a simple text message, it doesn't change the fact that they care about you, that your friendship is strong, and therefore they just have a different belief around how one should portray friendship, how one should express love or express care. So that would suggest that it's a belief and it's not a truth it's when people are reacting a different way maybe you're feeling disappointed with the way that somebody has reacted number 11 is master your balance i love the idea of balance i find it so interesting so fascinating yet it's so misunderstood at the same time it's something that we all look for a big mistake that many of us make when it comes to balance is finding ourselves in polarities so finding ourselves falling to the extremes And when we find ourselves falling the extremes, we tend to revolt a lot to one extreme or another. A really simple example would be around healthy living. So eating really well, exercising well, getting a good amount of sleep, doing that for a few days, and then after a few days, falling into the complete other extreme, where you find yourself eating all the things that you think that you quote unquote shouldn't, or being extremely sedentary, or not getting good sleep. And falling into the polarities can be extremely dangerous because if you imagine a pendulum, then we're simply swinging constantly from one extreme to the other. And when we find ourselves doing this, a lot of us express that we want more balance, that we find ourselves doing it all or doing nothing and what we need is more balance. However, another big misconception is this idea that one day we're gonna find ourselves perfectly in the middle. And what I will suggest is that we're never perfectly balanced. Once again, if we take that idea of the pendulum, the idea is to make those pendulum swings as small as possible. So yes, you might find yourself certain days doing a little bit more than others, certain days getting better sleep than others, and it's really making those pendulum swings as small as possible instead of making them extremely big because when we find ourselves in extremely big swings then that's when we find ourselves doing years of years of extreme hard work not realizing that we're pushing ourselves way too far until all of a sudden the pendulum snaps and we find ourselves in burnout or we find ourselves getting sick or getting injured right so those are the times in which those pendulum swings can be extremely dangerous However, when we learn to really master our balance and pick up on that self mastery and be so in tune with ourselves, once again, knowing ourselves so profoundly, so intimately that we can tune in to whenever we're too far towards one side or too far towards the other. We notice these things. We feel these things. And not only do we notice when we're too far on one side or the other, but we know exactly what we need to do to bring ourselves back. So that's the mental image that I would really suggest keeping in mind when it comes to balance is keeping in mind that pendulum and always remembering, am I too much on one side or too much on the other? If you find yourself in really big swings where one week looks completely the opposite to the other and you find yourself going in big ups and downs, then ask yourself, what am I doing here that's too extreme? Because the truth is that only when we're too extremely on one side will we swing to the other and sometimes we don't notice it. So an example would be, if you're on a really good productivity line and you're working really well and you think you're in a really good state, however, at some point you just get so exhausted, you need to take three days straight to sleep, you cannot focus on any work, you cannot even get yourself to mentally open your laptop or look at any type of work or anything like that, then that suggests that what you saw as a really healthy productivity streak was actually too much for you. And that's how we can learn more about ourselves, is saying, if I felt the need to spend three days straight, only sleeping, unable to focus, then it suggests that beforehand what I was doing was too much. And that's how we can learn to slowly, step-by-step, master our balance. And number 12, the final aspect of self-mastery is master your game plan. So it's about tying all of these together. Once again, I'll go through them quickly. It's about mastering your day, mastering your habits, mastering your time, mastering your values, mastering your intentions, mastering your mission. Mastering your identity, mastering your emotions, mastering your relationships, mastering your beliefs, and mastering your balance, and finally tying it all together to master your game plan. And what's so interesting with having a bit of this game plan, it's this really fine-tuned mix between knowing what it is that you need in the moment now today, however, having that clear direction for the future. But once again, when we have that clear direction for the future, we don't want to be too attached to anything. We spoke briefly about identities earlier. It can be very easy to find ourselves so attached to a specific plan, to a specific direction, that we latch our identity onto it and we can no longer notice when it no longer serves us and then we struggle to let it go. So we want to have a general direction, but we want it to be loose enough that we're able to tweak, change, and pivot depending on where we're at. As we go through phases of life, our identities change, our beliefs change, our balance ratio changes, our values change, our intentions change, and that's completely normal. However, we need to have that sense of direction in order to feel like we have a little bit of order in our life, we have this long-term direction, we have these guiding principles, these guiding values, this guiding intention. However, we're able to know and to know ourselves well enough when we need to maybe switch the direction slightly and let go of what no longer serves us. So it's having this light game plan, having some short-term, medium-term, long-term goals However, knowing that we can let them go when we need to. So, that is everything about self mastery. Those are the 12 aspects of self mastery. And what I find so interesting in this whole framework is that we can use every aspect of this framework throughout our entire life. No matter how we change, how we evolve, how we develop, we can use these aspects because it is not something linear. It is something that allows us space to evolve, to grow, and to change. And once again, it's about working with ourselves to reach this place of self-mastery rather than against ourselves. So I hope that was interesting. I hope there were certain little nuggets of wisdom you could pull out of that and maybe try implement into your life, try play around with. We'll be continuing on the topic of self-mastery for the rest of the week. So you'll be able to find more information, and more details on that on my Instagram and my website. Everything will be linked in the show notes. And if you are interested, on the 12th of April, we are getting started with my self-mastery solution. I'm pulling together a very small cohort of people to serve as case studies in this self-mastery solution where we're going through these 12 aspects. Every single week, will be focused on one aspect. Therefore, it is a 12-week program in order to bring all the participants from a place of feeling disconnected with themselves, not knowing why they're self-sabotaging, not knowing why they're acting against their own values or their own goals or their own objectives, and instead bringing them towards this place of self-mastery. where once again, we're really working with that innate power within us to find those answers within us, to get to know ourselves profoundly and intimately in order to guide ourselves towards our highest aspirations. So if that seems interesting to you and you want to know more, you can send me a DM on Instagram at Victoria Sardane. Once again, that'll be linked in the show notes below. And simply DM me the words, Victoria, tell me more, and I will give you all of the details. I really hope that was helpful, guys. I will see you next week for a brand new episode.